agency is like one of the toughest things you can ever do because the pressure is relentless. You've got many stakeholders constantly chasing you to deliver. You've got your team that you have to manage. You've got the algorithms that are constantly changing. So it's not for the faint hearted. I liken it to being the ocean. You can't rest for a second, otherwise you'll drown. Hello and welcome back to Listening to Innovative Minds. I have a very innovative mind who I've been trying to get on here for some time and I'm super excited to do this with Lisa Tafe. And maybe you know her, maybe you don't. I very much think you probably do if you're in within our circle, in our network. She is, you know, a serial entrepreneur. She is a boss, a hustler. If you watch her on LinkedIn, we will drop all her LinkedIn information within description, but I've got it for a very short time, right? So I want to hop in and just get right into just conversing with her and finding out more about how she's gotten to where she's at and hopefully inspires all of you listening on that it's also possible for you. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. And thank you so uh, thank you for being patient with me. Uh, Melanie and I, I think we've been trying to schedule this for months. So I really appreciate you even reaching out to me and getting me on your show. I'm very excited to chat through a bit more of my journey uh, today. Cool. So Lisa, I followed you for, you know, a couple of, you know, years, I think, um, and just watch you go strength to strength on your personal brand, on your company's journey and seeing you dabble, you know, in a lot of things. Can I, and I saw, you know, you're into fashion, which is why actually you caught my attention, you know, is the way that you come across and you present. And, you know, it was like super inspiring because you're like someone is going out there and being out there is really inspiring thing for women to be like, you can be who you want to be as well. Right. So tell me for you, like, how did it, you know, what was your journey like to business world, right? Like, was it like a typical, you know, Asian journey like myself where, you know, <laughs> or like I want to kind of hear from where it, you know, began from to where you get into business. Well, I, I would say it is a little bit of a typical journey um, from an Asian sense because <laughs> I actually love fashion and wanted to be a fashion designer, but my parents, who are pretty conservative, did not think that that was a safe career path. So I ended up going to study commerce law and I I ended up being a tax lawyer of all things. And I always say, wow. I'm pretty sure no kid grows up wanting to be a tax lawyer. That is not one of the, the dream <laughs> career journeys, uh, but I ended up in tax. I don't know how. Uh, and I lasted for about seven years. Along the way, I ended up uh, discovering social media and I just fell in love mm -hmm. with the ability to share content at scale and consume content at scale. And uh, that allowed me to start a fashion, beauty and lifestyle website, which is still going to today, which is called Couturing. And that actually gave me the opportunity to experience the digital world as it was pretty much uh, evolving at the time. And obviously it's still changing rapidly at the moment, but it was all so new. Um, you know, social media and, you know, even brands using social media to, con uh, to communicate with their consumers. So that allowed me to do a bit of a career change. So I actually finally got my chance to work in fashion. So I worked in the marketing mm -hmm. team at Witchery, managing their loyalty program at the time, which had around a million members, I think. Uh, and it was a really great experience. I very much thought it was going to be like sex in the city, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, uh, 
everyone wore black. I was like, so yeah. I think I've been very influenced uh, because I pretty much always wear black. Right. And then I ended up starting my first agency about uh, eight years ago now. And it's been a bit of a crazy ride. So along the way, so that's a, a digital marketing agency called Cody Agency. And we do, uh, we focus on web two social media um, and digital marketing. So uh, anything from Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, those kind of main main platforms and we do content creation as well uh, the team are incredible super talented feel very fortunate to be working alongside people who teach me every single day so uh, very grateful for that and I'm not gonna lie it's been a real up and down journey and you know I don't see myself as anyone particularly special um, in fact I probably would say that I'm not amazing at business I just love digital <laughs> and I love uh, I love meeting people. I love, you know, um, seeing if we can help them with their problems. But, you know, I do feel like uh, I'm constantly looking to learn and better myself in that business sense. Um, I don't think you ever stop learning. Um, and I think if you think that you do, then it's pretty much time to give up because there's always ways that you can improve yourself and be better. Um, so then, yeah, along the way, I also created a tech platform called Listnik, which is a business listings and experts listings platform, which is still running today. So we have around a uh, quarter of a million businesses um, listed on the website um, and experts, um, which helps people find the right agencies to help them, um, agencies and professional service providers um, achieve their um, business objectives. And then I went down the Web3 rabbit hole, which is like NFTs, blockchain, crypto for anyone new to that space, went down the, the Web3 rabbit hole in 2021 and then decided to start uh, my second agency called Mooning, which uh, focuses on helping brands, um, either Web2 or Web3 brands, um, successfully execute in Web3. So that kind of has kept me busy over the past, uh, yeah, like however many years. Uh, I also created a toothpaste line, which was in Mecca called 101 Lifestyle and oh. wrote a couple of books called Australian, one called Australian Style, one called Australian Beauty. And we're interviewing key people in the Australian scene um, from both of those different industries. So that was really um, a really interesting process, like just getting the chance to write a book. Because actually when I was younger, I did want to be a librarian when I grew up. <laughs> so it was actually well, that great that wouldn't be okay with your parents. They would think that's like no. totally unacceptable. I mean, I told my parents I wanted to be a makeup artist when oh, I, I was you're really young. flawless. I feel like oh, that's a great oh, career path. Okay. Career option for you. I, I thought, you know, I was like, that's what I want. And they were like, you must be crazy. Like you're doing it. Like they were just so happy. I did like the economics degree, you know, at, and they were like, I mean, they really wanted me to be a doctor. Like that's like their number one goal for um in my culture but it's funny because I went and like you then went and did economics did the whole you know corporate world for seven years to make my parents happy but inside in your heart you're not satisfied and it sounds like with you similar to me is like after that seven years had passed you were ready to unleash to the world that, that everything that you had kept inside for those seven years of compliance and doing a job you just kind of went and did so many things that were oh. probably, you know building up yeah it's quite funny because I wouldn't I, I mean I work alongside creatives and there's you know yeah. there's creatives and there's like real creatives and I definitely yeah. don't think on the spectrum that I'm anywhere near the uh level of like 
super creatives, but compared yeah. to people in the business world, I'm definitely not suited to just sitting at a desk looking at tax returns all day. So I right. feel like this whole uh, digital marketing space has allowed me to, ex- uh, I guess, explore that creative side of my personality. Um, but you, you did raise a really interesting point earlier on because I would say that women especially are very conscious about the way they come across. So the way they do their hair, the way they do their makeup, the way they dress. And I, I definitely felt uh, quite challenged in the corporate world because I really love to express myself through fashion and I would struggle to you know see how I could fit into the corporate world but still be feel like it was me and uh you know not get uh not criticism or unnecessary attention but you know I'd wear like bright colored shoes and I think people were just like is she even taking her job seriously I'm like I am taking my job seriously I just don't want to look like a corporate robot. So when I started yes. getting active on LinkedIn, so this is when I actually started, well, I, I own my own business. I thought if yeah. I'm going to do this properly, I'm yeah. going to just be myself. So I'm going yes. to wear whatever I want to wear. I'm going to wear whatever makeup I want to wear, um, have my hair, however I want to have it. And if people don't take me seriously, then that's on them. It's not on me because I know how hard I work. I know that mm. how seriously I take my job and looking after mm. our clients. And so, you know, I think it's really easy for women to be judged on appearance, which is a real shame. But I just thought I'm going to be authentic. This is my opportunity to actually show women and men out there that they can be whoever they want to be and hopefully, um, you know, build a serious professional brand out in the business world. Yeah, exactly. When I was in corporate, I thought I would start early and I started posting because I was like, I'm going to do my business in like eight months, you know, so I wanted to start building. And I remember them coming down on me pretty hard because what I had posted didn't suit the corporate Mm. Um, brand at that time that, you know, I was at a top tier four bank. They didn't like that I put my opinion out there. And I was putting my opinion out there about lending, which was a pretty much like what, you know, I was saying, look, we don't want to lend to supermarkets, which was exactly what was going on at the time. But they mm. were like, we don't mm. want you to put that out there. So, you know, it was very hard to, in the same way, like own your thoughts, you know, even in yes. the corporate scene. What's really interesting for me with you is a lot of, um, a lot of founders and a lot of entrepreneurs, they get they feel like if they do too many things that they are never going to make it or they're shy to have more than one thought, you know, because they're going to be like, well, can you do any of it, you know? Like so what it sounds like is you've actually don't give a shit and you've gone and said, hey, <laughs> I want to do toothpaste, like I'm going to do toothpaste. Like it's okay to be multi, you know, facet yes, and, you know, explore cool. it. And I guess – that is something that a lot of people, you know, cha- find challenging because they're like, which one should I do first? Should I only do one? Because I don't want people to think that it's like people go, I'm confusing as a brand, you know, because I don't know what I'm doing. How, I guess the first thing is how have you managed to actually do all those things successfully and, you know, and go and put time allocation like you've got an agency going on and we know how tough that is you um you know with all the ups and downs of that and all the feelings and emotions of several clients taking you through that how do you then take yourself out and go you know I'm going to do toothpaste and 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 when when was it in your journey that you were able to maybe even do that was that after you've established a certain caliber of team that enabled you to step away like could you walk me through that 
Yeah, good question. So I think I have a personality that lends itself to doing multiple things at once because I get a bit bored if I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. So I think I'm always looking for new challenges. Um, the only way that it's possible for me to do multiple things is to have an amazing team uh, because it's so hard. It's so much work. Like as you were mentioning agency, like honestly, nothing ages you faster than working in agency. Yeah. I don't even know why I do it sometimes, but yeah. if you're that personality that likes that fast pace, um, mm you know, energy, likes constant challenges, likes things mm. that are, you know, consistently evolving, then a digital agency is actually a lot of fun. Um, don't get me wrong. There's really yeah. stressful days where I'm just going, yeah. I just wish I was my dog and I could just sleep <laughs> all day and, and not have a stress in the world. Uh, but definitely team makes a massive difference. Um, I've got a very probably risk-seeking personality. So I'm not someone who is afraid of taking risks and I love change and I love learning. So for me, you know, say doing the toothpaste, I think, uh, look, I, we definitely, made a lot of mistakes. So I did that with my partner and we definitely made a lot of mistakes, but, you know, I look back and go, wow, I actually learned a lot, you know, and, you know, who can say that they started a toothpaste line? Like probably not that many people because it's probably mm. a weird thing to do. But, uh, you know, I think for me, I always love feeling like, you know, if I get to the end of the year or even like now we're quarter of the way through the year, I think, okay, have I done anything where it actually has caused me a bit of stress? Because most likely I'm learning mm. and it's like, it's uncomfortable territory. So mm. at the time, stress is, it's not ideal. And I'm not saying go out there and try and be stressed mm. all the time, but it does mean that you're learning because you're uncomfortable and you're not sure about what's going to happen in the future. So for me, I've never been afraid of that feeling. Like that's when I feel like I'm, I'm developing. Um, but in terms of doing a lot, like it is, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, for a lot of people, it's not that effective. And I'm not even saying that it's like that effective for me because you can obviously achieve a lot more if you're focused on one thing. But for my personality type, I do like having a few different things on the go because then I can just sort of flick between them. Um, but it does mean you have to work really hard. So, you know, I work weekends, I work, you know, it's not a nine to five job. We joke mm -hmm. in Web3 that Web3 office hours are 24 seven, <laughs> but you know, I, I genuinely love what I do and, you know, I'm earning way less than I was in the corporate world, but I've never been happier. Like I, I really value the freedom that my, you know, job has. And, you know, I, I feel eternally grateful that I found something that I'm really passionate about because that's not guaranteed. You know, I'm guessing you obviously love makeup, for example, and you found mm -hmm. that thing that you can go, I'm really excited, you know, by doing it, making up someone's face, making up my own face. Like I feel like that with digital. And so I feel very fortunate that I've been given the opportunity to do that every day. Like it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I mean, I never got to do the makeup thing, unfortunately, because COVID hit. It's never I, too late. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to not do it. Like, if you did a toothpaste, like, that's it. I'm going to, like, release exactly. my avocado, you know, yes. um, face mask. Face mask. Now. That's exactly. it. But yeah. I love the fact you're so honest about the fact that we make way less. So with even me, like, you know, leaving, and I think this is so, like, critical to share, like when you are in corporate, you do your nine to five, you get your hit, you know, hit in your account and you can actually yeah. have a very, you can kind of go under the radar yeah. through the restructure yeah. and, you know, you can earn really well, good money into your account. But in agency, I'm guessing, um, and even with my agency, it's really tough the early years, like you get nothing in there and you're like oh, kind of learning. You're getting right? nothing. And, then, <laughs> and it's like a thankless job a lot of the time right? Because oh, yeah. you've got people that are like really happy with you when it goes well, but it's all forgotten when it's not going well. So, so when, 
with this age with agency when was it like I guess for you in that eight years you said you know I've been doing this what were like major turning points like was it like you know first two years x happened like where were like you know where people are like if they are similar to you and they're going through it and they're not (laughs) eight years and they're at like say their second year or they're at their fourth Uh. year like what are they expecting the same circle of life or does it get any easier for us? Uh, I don't know if it ever gets easier, I'll be honest. Um, I feel like agency is just this crazy beast that's constantly evolving and you'll have problems at any point in time when you're running an agency. Like you'll have obviously starting out problems, like when you're trying to get leads and build reputation, then you might have delivery problems when you're trying to sell things. You're like, how do I deliver now? I've got to create processes. And then you've got scaling problems and then you just got constant lead generation problems because, you know, especially in the Web2 space, a lot of what um, Web2 agencies do is quite commoditized. So there's like a lot of them. So, you know, we'll have um, people come out who, you know, might just start their agency and they're really cheap because this is what we were like Mm. at the start. We are like, we'll do everything for free. So we're then competing against people who are charging nothing. So it's just a race to the bottom. So we're just trying to, you know, maintain those clients. And then to get into the room with the bigger enterprise and the larger clients, that can be quite hard if you're not part of like a big global agency network. Mm. So it like I'm, I won't even pretend like it's agency is like one of the toughest things you can ever do because the pressure is relentless. Uh, you know, yeah. you've got many stakeholders constantly chasing you to deliver. You've got your team that you have to manage. You've got the algorithms that are constantly changing. So it's not for the faint hearted. I think I've got about I don't know, a thousand more gray hairs <laughs> since I started. Yes. Uh, right. But, you know, it can be very rewarding, but I, I would never say like you could ever take your foot off the pedal because there'll be different challenges that you face at every different life cycle of an agency. You just have to think about whether or not you want to, you know, be able to handle that level of stress all the time because it is, it's it's like, I liken it to being the ocean. It's like, you can't, uh, you can't, rest for a second otherwise you'll drown like it's just exactly yeah it's relentless I mean the smart agency owners take what they're learning and they productize and they see like an opportunity right and that's what we are doing we're like so curious about what's going on that we'll get a process or a system that's so neat for us and then we can go in productize and that's quite a very normal they have one product that's because most of the people are like no I can't afford you is very common right? So if you've got that product and you've got that knowledge that you know intimately well, Mm. I guess that's, and that that sounds like you've, that's, you've got sort of that product list um, that you mentioned that you kind of learned through, right? And that's maybe where it's not as stressful. What is it as stressful? Sorry. (laughs) Because we're all like really excited about products, right? And we're like, that's the magic (laughs) pill that we're going to swallow. And that's, that's going to get, but is, Product also can can you become very old very quick you know because it's such a fast moving pace. Product is like a, a whole different skill set, and, and you know, I think that's the hard thing with agency because you've got your um, like agency traditionally is very service uh, heavy, so you've got mm. people executing social media strategy, creating content, doing yes. copy, doing photos, videography. So that's one whole skill set and one whole process there. When you're building product, like that is 
a whole nother skill set that's required. Like you pretty much need a whole nother department. Like you'll need UX, UI designers, yes. you'll need yes. like actual tech people. So it is a very different, and I'm actually going through that with one of my agencies at the moment, like working on yeah. developing product and it is very different. So yeah. it's like, how do you, like, do you need to separate the agency and the product or do you keep it together and the agency feeds the product? So, yes. uh, and does the strategy for the product. So it is, you're right. Like it is uh, a very common thing for agencies to do. But if you're going to go down that path, just know that it's it, you can't just get your existing social team, for example, to all of a sudden go, can you start coding? Because they'll just <laughs> yeah. be like, I don't know Obvious. what you're talking yeah. about. So yeah. it can become very expensive. And then so you need to be able to have runway to fund the build because, uh, you know, especially with devs in this day and age, they're not cheap, especially really good ones. Yeah. And if you want to keep it onshore and you, you manage the whole process, it will be more expensive again. And then you'll need to make sure that you can fund the whole build because it could take months. So you're paying the salary yeah. where there's no revenue coming in from that side of the business. So yeah. it is very, um, it's it's definitely a different beast, but you're right. Like it makes so much more sense if you want to scale eventually, because, you know, one of the hardest things to do is scale a services business because it's, it's relying on people like those are your assets and Correct. to find good people who can deliver the level of service that you want to is, is very challenging. Yeah. And I think you've been very good at finding good people. I've seen some of your team and I've seen, oh. um, and, you know, I've seen, you know, them also take on the branding part for you as well, you know, and yes. that's really hard. And then, it, but that also hurts if they choose to move on, you know, if they're, oh, you've got, yeah. if they're, if they're way talented as well, it's like yeah. now I have to fill that big hole. So how do you attract, you know, quality talent? What's your, you know, what's your secret sauce in building a strong team around you who has the same ethic work ethic as you but also the same quality standards that you're looking for well that's a very good question I've been very fortunate to work with incredible people and it is sad when you and I think that's one of the risks as a business owner because I want my team to be the face of the company as well so it's not just me but then you do risk that they'll get poached so it is a hard yeah. uh, balance because like part of me wants to hide them away and be like don't yes. leave me ever <laughs> Yes. Um, and then the other part of me is like, but I want them to get the same experiences and learn from sharing and building their personal brand like I did. Yes. So it, it's like I always encourage my team to be out there and, you know, do whatever they want to do. And, you know, they feature in our podcasts, they feature on yes. our social channels. So, you know, your team are really like the key driving force behind any business. Um, I wish I could take credit, but I'm a horrendous judge of character. <laughs> I, always right. good in, I always look for the good in people. So right. um, I'm very lucky to have two amazing business partners. So shout out to Lana from Cody and then David from Mooning, who are really good at filtering people. Because I'm always, after the interview, I'm like, were there any red flags that you saw? Like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we saw a million red flags. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so okay. it definitely helps having those people who can really read people really well because I think for me I just go oh they were lovely you know I really like them yeah. and then they'll just go no they were like incompetent I'm like oh okay oh, <laughs> so. So, so how do you find good business partners because you know that's something even harder to Ooh, do it's like a marriage you know like <laughs> so how did you hard. come across yeah like I've had like two unsuccessful business partnerships already and I had to like buy one out and then the other one just was like I don't know why you want me because you want to control everything and I was like Am I like, so, so, yeah, you know, how did you find, you know, how do you know? Cause that's, that's, that's a skill. 
The thing is you don't and that's the hard thing. So it definitely helps if you get to know them a bit more, like before you actually go, you know, jump into bed with them, kind of like a relationship. It's almost like you're dating. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely advise <clears throat> to get to know people before you <laughs> commit to signing, you know, shares to them because it's really hard as you might have gone through to get people out how did you get to know them like how did you get to know them like did you just like hang out with them or did you do projects with them in a work environment like how so for some of mine I actually you know for both I was sort of friends and then started doing stuff together that we had similar interests in so then you could see how they work so that definitely helps because then you can understand okay what's their work ethic like because you definitely don't want a business partner who's doing you know nine to five if you're their you know, killing yourself working weekends and after hours. So you need to be aligned on work ethic or at least expectations. So they might say, I only want to work nine to five, but I'll take, you know, way less shares because I'm not going to be working as hard. So just ensuring that you have some sort of alignment on expectations. Um, Even values for me is like a really important thing. So say I really value people over profit whereas other people might value profit over people. So it's just making mm. sure that you're aligned and you don't have to be exactly the same in your approach to work because, or even in your skill set. In fact, it's it's definitely beneficial to have people who, you know, make up for your weaknesses. I've got many weaknesses, so um, mm-hmm. it's very easy to find people to make up for my weaknesses, but you need to be, I guess, aware of what your weaknesses are so you can actually um, tell people, okay, this is where I'm not going to be able to be great in. Like a process, don't even ask me any questions. I'm terrible. So you'll know that you'll need to either find staff or you'll need to find a business partner who'll be able to make up for those, uh, the areas that you're not so strong in. So I would say that those are some of the key things to be mindful of when it comes to um, to business. I would also say even like approach to money, you know, just, um, you know, if people are very greedy and uh, want to spend a whole lot of money and they're not conservative with money, if you're not conservative, if you are conservative, it can be quite stressful because you're like, well, we need to be careful. Mm-hmm. We're running into tough times and they're just like out there, you know, spending stacks of money on, I don't know what, like flights or, you know, travel and stuff when it's just not financially responsible. So I think making sure you align on key things like that will definitely help. Uh, It will give you the best chance for success when it comes to building um, ongoing business partners, business business relationships. But also you just have to realize that people change over time. So you might have been amazing together for the first five years and then you both evolve as people and then you might realize actually we, we don't go well together anymore. And it's like a relationship. That's okay. You know, you don't have to be with a business partner for the rest of your life. Super cool. I loved it. Lisa, you're so humble. I didn't expect to be so humbled, so kind. I was like, you know, um, I thought it was going to be a different kind of personality. So I'm super glad that we got to connect and just hear a little portion of your journey. Um, And yeah, I'm just super glad I got to connect with such a great soul. So thank you for coming on and connecting and sharing. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Melanie, and for even creating such a great podcast. You know, for entrepreneurs out there, it can be a bit of a lonely journey. So to have a resource like yours, it's definitely fantastic. Thanks, Lisa. Talk to you soon. Can't wait to release. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You are listening to Innovative Minds.